Delaware Security Show. Don't let fishing get you down. Slow down and frown and turn it around. Security is in your DNA. Don't throw it away. The well aware security show. Howdy, well aware ears. I have good news and bad news. Uh, uh, the good news is I'm George Finney. Um, and uh, uh, I, I also, uh, in, in the good news category, uh, you might have heard me reference it if you're following me on social media, uh, but I've been uh, hired to write a book on uh, Zero Trust, which I'm really excited about. I'll talk more about that uh, uh, later. Um, but, you know, I'm a little busy uh, with my day job and everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, so the bad news is I haven't been able to keep up with our show as much as you might have noticed. Uh, so this will be my last episode uh, for a little while while I actually uh, finish my deadlines. But uh, this is actually a great segue uh, for my next guest. Uh, 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 so my, my guest this week is Michael Santa Arcangelo. Um, we've known each other for, for years. Um, and Michael is great because he's all about helping cyber teams become more effective. Um, so, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, George. It's, it's always good to hang out with you. Right on, man. So uh, for those of you who don't know Michael, his nickname um, is the Security Catalyst. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, he's, he's got this awesome ability to solve complex security problems uh, at the intersection of people, businesses, and technology. And uh, he's a professional speaker. He's written uh, books. He's got a syndicated column, uh, multiple podcasts, uh, helps thousands of people uh, throughout his career. Um, so Michael, um, you know, we, we all know cyber teams have been stretched a little thin lately. Um, so talk about the importance of, of, of effectiveness uh, when it comes to, to, to our day-to-day -day, uh, uh, job of making the world more secure. I think it's, it's what, a, what a perfect time for that question, because as you and I were saying right before we started, we were already busy. And, and as the world has shifted yet again, we find ourselves even busier. And, and I think we could have had this same conversation 18 months ago, we're already busy. Wait, it's all, it's all busier. It's it, right. And so one of the things that we know is there's always going to be some sort of constant change. So we talk about effectiveness or we just talk about how do we do better, right? Cause I'll, I'll break it down to how do we deliver value faster, which often translates into do more with less. But what I would argue is what we need to do is to do more of the right stuff and less not means less resources, time, or whatever else. So the challenge then is as everything shifts, as the business adjusts itself, what are the right problems to solve? What, what makes us most effective, right? So it's, it's almost like, um, it's not almost, it is a mental shift between security is a zero-sum game and we must win to security is an infinite game. And the way that we win is that we're better tomorrow than we were today. And mm. what makes us effective is if the people around us are better tomorrow because of us today, right? It's the same way I look at leadership, right? You, you can pick any leadership model, book, method you want. I, I, I like them all or I don't, whatever. It, it, what I've learned in years of, of working with people is 
or the people around you better? Yes? Great. Did you invest in yourself? And therefore, did you invest in the people around you? And are they better? So when we start looking at effectiveness, we start talking about, well, what's our connection to the, to the business? Because we're, I think we're at an interesting time. And, and to be clear, I, I know people probably realize this about you, but one of the things I've always prized about you is you, you do this, whether you recognize it or not. I've, what I'm always fascinated with in our conversations uh, and the times we've been together is you have the support of the business. You have the respect of the business. They come to you with really cool stuff and they let you try things. So they don't, they don't shield you from it. So if I say, George, are you, are you at the adult table? Yeah, you are. You ask a lot of security people right now as they're asking themselves, they're like, either I don't know or nah, I'm at the kids' table. When, it, when it's important stuff, they don't invite me. I have to find out about it. Uh, I talk to a lot of security teams that feel very detached from the business. And they'll say, I'm detached from the business. How can we protect the business if we don't know what they're doing? Exactly, exactly. And so how can we be effective if we don't know what they're doing? You know, I, I, I think one of the things that I've worked on uh, kind of very deliberately with both myself as well as my team is, is communication. Um, at, at several of our team retreats, um, I, I play this game. It's called, I don't know if you've played it before, but it's called Keep Talking and No One Explodes. Um, so it's, it's, you can, you can, I think it's actually on steam, right? So you can download it to your computer. Um, it, so the, 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 there's, you know, any size team can play it right there. So there's one person who sits at the computer, uh, nobody else is supposed to see their screen, but they've got essentially a suitcase with a bomb in it. So they're the guy like disarming the bomb and theoretically, like everybody's in the other room because they don't want to get blown up. Um, so the, the game is the person, uh, at the bomb is telling people what they see all the rest of the team is, has, has this like huge, crazy manual with all the specific technology things in it. And they've got to like relate what the person is seeing on the screen, uh, to how to disarm and just fuse this particular, you know, problem in the, in, in the, in, in the game. And i I found it's, it's amazing because we, we never practice communicating, right. We, we kind of take talking for granted, um, and, you know, it's particularly communicating in a crisis, like, I don't know, for example, the e Ukraine <laughs> um, and, and protect, you know, kind of prepping for the potential impact uh, and, and, you know, talking with our CIO or other stakeholders like our CFO or our president, like what message am I going to send to them? Well, if, if I haven't been practicing talking and, and, and you know, helping them understand uh, you know, what it is that I'm seeing in, in the field. And they're the ones on the back end, like with the, with, with the technology, like trying to, to connect the dots, or is it the other way, right? Is, is there someone, you know, dealing with a specific problem and I've got to help unpack the, uh, the policies or the manuals, um, you know, talk about how you help, uh, you know, deliver value faster, like you say, uh, you know, in, in that like context of, 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 you know, communicating in, in a crisis. Well, you nailed it. I would even say communicating. Period. When I come in to, to work with teams, and, and you and I just talk about this too, I, I like to work with high, high impact, high profile teams that are already high performance. And yet, where we always have room is communication, because you just said it, we, we take talking for granted. We, there's a myth that still persists. Some people are just good at it. And the rest of us, well, that's not our thing. No, it is. It can be. We can learn it. Uh, even as techies, we, we can learn it. So, specifically things that we look at is how do we clarify? How do we learn to take perspectives? And, and to your point, it, it requires some diligent practice. I'll give you an example. I'm working with a team right now where we're trying to convince people through influence to adopt multi-factor authentication. 
right? Ransomware is on the rise. So now perhaps, um, and we know a good strategy is to have MFA in place. So there's kind of two options, right? You can throw your hands up and say, nobody understands me. Just force them to do it, man. And, and the problem with that is we get more friction. More friction erodes value, destroys trust, burns people out. And if we keep resorting to friction and force, right? So I, I explained to somebody the other day, force is the failure of influence. So here's the difference between sending just a message, right? Very, very simplistic, but they just need to do it, right? I solved this problem already. They just need to do it. Look, I already told them. There's ransomware. It's bad. They got to do MFA. So just tell people, do MFA, follow the freaking link and install it on their device and, and they're good. The problem is we're asking people to change and change is hard and change is harder in a crisis. Yes, we'll, we'll do things in a crisis, but not necessarily change. And so what happens then is if, if our normal default is insider language and jargon that people wouldn't naturally understand, like for example, you need to use MFA. What's MFA? What? I don't know what this means. How will I do that? Right? We don't, we don't give them a map. So what happens then, flip it around. What if we approach people and said, you're really important to the company and your work is important. And I know in the last year or so, we've figured out how to work remotely or work from home or whatever. And that's created opportunities for attackers to try to take over your account. And Sometimes it's because they want what you've got. And sometimes it's because they want to use that to get what someone else has got. So we can make it harder for them. And I just need you to spend five minutes helping us. I can give you more details. Click here. Or if you just want to make the change, click here. Right. And, and there's different ways of doing it. it. It's We could author it out better. But like the, the difference is, are we approaching people with an appeal that matters to them? Did we figure out what's valuable to them and connect those dots? Yeah, great. Now, and this I'll connect this to crisis stuff in a second. The second thing is give people a map. You and I think have talked about this before. You know, we'll say, "Oh, if you see something, you know, say something." Uh, that always sounds great, and everybody applauds. I, I, I don't see a lot of good statistical evidence that that works. And here's why: because if you tell me, "Well, if something goes wrong, call call the security team," most people say, "I don't, I don't want to create a problem. Hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Is this going to reflect on me?" I, no, 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 no. Um, same thing when you say, "Hey, if something's wrong, call HR." <laughs> This is this sucks, but I'm yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. do that. We have to give people a map that shows them what's going to happen, and we have to demystify that process. That's the map. That's that visual. Now, if we get in the habit of doing that, then when we're in a crisis, we can center ourselves on what we're talking about, because we do take talking communication for granted. Think about how many people respond to messages while they're on meetings, also texting using Slack or Teams. Our focus isn't there. If we're in a crisis, we can't say, well, I told them. <laughs> they just don't get it. We, we, have to, we have to slow down and be deliberate. We have to think about the emotion. You know, a lot of times in security, we say, well, you can't use emotion. Why? You have to. The trick is, what emotion do you take out? What emotion do you put in? And how do you, because right? I think, I think it's fair to say our industry has worked on fear, uncertainty, and doubt for a really long time. Absolutely. And fear is, a, is an emotion. It's a really powerful emotion. It is, right? I mean, to be fair, we'll change when the perceived discomfort of going through the change is better than whatever pain we're experiencing. But that doesn't mean that's our only option. Sometimes security can just help people feel better. They can help them protect themselves. They can do things that they were already thinking about and move them in that direction. So then when something 
like a crisis, whether it's it's a Ukraine-Russian war thing or, and I say war thing because I, I don't want to get into the geopolitics of it, but clearly that that's having an impact on us in security. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do we go talk about that? How, how do we help somebody understand that all those things we've been talking about, worried about on the fringes for the last couple of years, the cadence is going to uptick. So, you know, you know how we've been asking you guys to do MFA? Yeah, we got to ratchet that up. Okay, so if we come in hot, all negative, everything's on fire, we got to get hot. If I'm already stressed out, that doesn't help me. Absolutely. So insecurity, we've got to take a breath. <laughs> You know, the, the one thing that you, that you said that's really striking or, or resonating with me is the, the idea of a map, right? And I, I think that's one of the ways that I've been most successful in, in, in the past you know, decade is, you know, I'll, I'll build out a three-year roadmap, right? With all of the, the things that we know we need to do, um, but it's all in one story, right? And, and, and typically the story is we need to do this in the next three years, uh, but as I project it out, uh, all of the resources and funding we we need to actually do all of those things. It's actually ten years of effort, um, and so I'll, I'll take that story, right? The the complete picture, not well. We have to go crisis do MFA right now. We have to go crisis do uh, you know uh, what whatever sassy or or other you know things that are out there. Um, I, I give them the big picture, and they oh my gosh, that resonates with people. And like, well, I'm, I'm not going to get a hundred percent of what I'm asking for. And I know that going in, but it, it builds a partnership, right? People can see the big picture, where things fit in, why we're, we're doing certain things. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I, I feel like, you know, in a way that creates a, a, a stable place for us to all work from, right? We all know where we're at. We all know where we're going. Um, we, we can be a team. Uh, when we have uh, that big picture, I think easier than than uh, when we're just responding to, to to everyday threats. And you know, to me, that that's the difference between being proactive versus reactive, right? We we have to get out of the reactive model. Yeah, and and, and I want to make a point on that, and then we'll come back to the map because there's a few more things to say there. It's okay to be reactive, and if you're reactive, the best next step for you might be to get better at reacting. Not so that you stay yeah. in that cycle, but so that you start to buy that space to get to the proactive. And what you just pointed out, I just want to showcase why you've been successful doing that. Because you're giving somebody the, the big picture, the complete picture, you're also giving them the chance to contribute. And I'm, I'm betting at some point they said, George, I'd, help me understand this part. You explain it and they say, right, well, what about this? And you're like, ah, I didn't know about that we'll add it in or I'll add it into the roadmap or, or whatever. And, and so what I find is when we talk about concepts that we, we are sure everybody else understands them and they are sure that they understand them and there is no actual connection. When we give them the map, then they can point to it and go, wait, that's, that's not what you just said. And then you can say, well, what did you hear? Right. But, and however that works out, we give people the chance to contribute. We give them the chance to reach an understanding faster. And if we're smart and we listen, they'll tell us what we don't know yet. You know, I I think that's, that's the number one indicator for me that I've done my job and and we're going to be successful is when I hear people start asking questions, right. When, you know, when, when my CFO is like, Hey, so you know, you, you talked about passwords. What about this? And I'm like, dude, yeah, now we're going to make progress. That when, when, when someone asks you a question, 
uh, that that's that's the biggest gift you can get, right? You know, you you you've you've started a, a great conversation at, at that point. And and that brings up another point: crisis mode or not, I work with a lot of people that are terrified that somebody will ask them a question they don't know the answer to, and so they either avoid the conversation or they they overwork themselves solving problems we don't even have. Mm. Best piece of advice I can give anybody is if somebody asks you a question you don't know the answer to. You say, I don't know, dude, this, this is like my number one interview technique, right? I, I want to ask people like, you know, questions they don't know the answer to. And, and, you know, in fairness in everyday life, right. I know that if, if you were working for me, you could go Google it and find out, I want to ask you a question you don't know the answer to. And, and, and the people that are willing to say, I don't know, um, and, and admit that that's huge in, in, in my estimation. I agree. And, and if you think about it, right, you're a leader, you're an executive. When you ask that question and somebody says, George, I don't know. Now there's a difference between, I don't know. I don't know is not the right way to answer the question. I don't know. That's interesting. Is that something you'd like me to figure out? I can figure it out. Yeah. And, and, if, and if it's a, if, you know, the CIO comes to you, George, what about this? It may sound like an ask, like go fix it, but it might just be they're just wanting to understand something. You can say, I don't know. Is it, imp- if it's important to you, let me try to figure it out. And they'll say, yeah, it's really yeah, important. Yeah, Great. yeah. Ready? Tell me more. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Tell me more. Help me understand. And I, I think, I mean, I, I, I hope, hope I'm, I'm probably also bad at that saying, I don't know. Um, but I find that if I ask, you know, Hey, well, well, why are you asking? Um, oh my gosh, like there are reasons why people ask questions and those things are so important to them. It, it, it's, it's incredible. Um, that, that I think is where, where you start to build relationships and trust is, is when you start to understand, you know, their motivations for, for, uh, for asking. So bring it back around, right? We opened this up talking about the importance of communication. We, we could spend a week on this, but what you just laid out then brings us back full circle. If you're in security today and you feel detached from the business, you're not invited to the big table, start with your communication and reach out to some, like I've, I've talked to people for years about this and I always say, have you asked the business what they do? No. Why not? Well, I don't know how to do it. Okay. Ready? Hey, George, I see you're working on XYZ. I want to make sure we're supporting you on it. I don't really understand what you're doing. Can you give me like an overview or is there somebody in your team that could kind of bring me up to speed? Dude. Have I've never been rejected with that question. I'm usually met with seriously. Yeah. When do you want to get together? Dude. And if, if you're really feeling generous and, and you happen to be in an office setting again, Hey, let me buy you lunch, you know, or Hey, can we grab lunch over zoom and, and just fill me in on this stuff? I, it's, you know, I, and, and if you're worried about it, you can say, look, it's not an inquisition. I would like to understand. I want to do better. When you come up to somebody else and say, look, I get it, right? And, and you can use this line if you want. When I say cyber, you probably heard spider and your instinct was to kill it, preferably with fire. And I, and I get it, right? But you know it's important, but you don't understand it. And, and I'd like to do a better job of explaining it. And maybe if I understood more about what you did, we could find a way to work together. We draw some pictures, whatever. Like there's a, there's a number of ways to just say, yeah, I don't know everything. And it goes back to the other point. It's okay to not know everything with communication. It's okay to not know everything with security, but we have to disabuse ourselves that it's a zero-sum game. We got really good at turning that amp all the way to 11. Everything is a crisis. Do you point? Everything is a crisis. We got to do it all now. 
everything was a point solution. We never gave somebody a holistic picture. We never let them own it. We never divested stuff. Hmm. Security need to own identity. I'm working through this right now with somebody. Does security need to own identity? I can, I can make the case for why they should. I'll tell you why they shouldn't though. They should be part of it. Maybe not all of it. Hmm. Okay, cool. Let's go have that conversation. So can you relinquish stuff? Can you focus on what you're better at? Let other people take care of other pieces. That's interesting. Let's go have those conversations because then we're not going to be overwhelmed all the time because now we're not the bottlenecks. And we, we know the, here's what it comes down to. Clarity is the fuel for acceleration. If you want to deliver value faster and earn your seat at the adult table, you got to solve the right problems. The only way you're going to solve the right problems is to go ask and to go and, and, and maybe then to help just because you ask doesn't mean they know the right problems, but if you're not asking the questions, then you're not figuring out the right problems to solve. And the right problems to solve always come down to helping the business or the organization survive or thrive. It's always about business risk, business risk, which may be different than cyber risk. You do that, then the way you deliver that value faster is you get that clarity. You take a map, you do a visual, everybody's on the same page and you go and you communicate along the way. And the key there is you got to communicate what counts. You don't communicate everything. We make this mistake a lot with our dashboards. I don't care how many firewall attacks we got. That's it's, it's meaningless. Well, someone's probably cursing me right now. I think it's generally meaningless relative to other things. So we have to figure out what counts. Well, how do you know what counts? Well, what matters to them? <laughs> you know what? Go back to communication, asking the questions, getting involved, and, and showing up. Hey, so, uh, so for the folks on the, on the call, you may not know this, uh, but so... Michael, over the last, I don't know, decade or, or more, um, has been working on uh, this, this idea of the five pillars. Um, so I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to run out of time. I want you to, to be able to talk about the, those five pillars and, and, and why they're important to, to, to what, what we've been talking about. Sure. Well, and what I'll, what I'll do too is, uh, at, at the risk of confusion, what I've been working on for about a decade is something called the Straight Talk Framework, which describes exactly what we just talked about. How do you solve the right problems, deliver value faster, and communicate what counts? And there's now some stuff in there. And I keep promising people I'm going to make more and more of it public and, I, and I'm getting to it. Like I'm finally getting out of my way. One of the things though that I've been figuring out working with teams is if we want to do better at being more effective, there are five pillars. And so what I talk about, I call them the, the you know, it's, it's, a, it's a stability platform. So this is not a foundation, right? You're not going to hear me say things like vision and whatever else. Here's the five really fast. You have to have an aspiration and I'll go through them quick and then I'll, and then I'll answer some quick questions. You have to have an aspiration set expectations, have a prioritization, understand how to prepare, and then you have to be able to implement. And you, you, know, you can make them all implementation, prior, you know, so it sounds cooler when you do it that way. But what it comes down to is this. If I come to you and I say, hey, what, what's the team you guys are going to be in the next six to 18 months? And the team can't give me a clear, consistent understanding. Okay, we missed the boat. That's why I don't say mission. Mission, vision, purpose, that's nice. Most people don't get them right. So, so I'm not, I'm not talking about time wasting exercises. I'm talking about what are you focusing? What are you saying yes to and why? So then we talk about expectations. How do you work with the team? What do I expect from you? What, and, and what is the, what does the organization expect from us and what do we expect from them? And have we clarified that? Is that written down? Are, and are we exhibiting that prioritization? This one is fun. This one I can make public sooner. I've been working to build a prioritization engine. How, how do we sort and categorize? Because if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So not only do we need to know what we're saying yes to, we need to know how we're prioritizing and then what we're doing with it. 
And that leads into both how we justify. So like, if you want to know where the real work is done, it's in understanding the prioritization. How do you engage with the organization to figure out what the real priorities are and then align security with both technology and the business? You get that right? Guarantee you'll solve the right problems. So then you didn't hear me say planning because what I talked about was preparation. You have to make sure you've got the right people in the right roles, that you're working with the right parts of the organization, that you're learning how to communicate your plan before you get started. Because if you don't, I guarantee it won't work. And then yes, planning, mapping, doing it. And then again, implementation. I would have called that execution in the past, which always leaves some jackass to go, oh, I like executing people. Okay, done with that. Implementation, how did, okay, so you, you've, done, you've built a plan. Cool. What are you gonna do with it? How, how are you actually doing that? So here's the trick. When you can do all five of those things, even at a minimum viable product level, super fast. Well, I say super fast. This might take a couple of months. You get to that point of stability. It's just a platform but you're not constantly reacting. You're not always on your back foot. It's not everything is urgent and therefore I can't get anything done. You've actually defined enough of a platform that you and your team can get some downtime. You get some slack back in your schedule. You get the ability to think and then you can start to move to proactiveness. Now, maybe that's the difference between surviving and thriving. Some people don't worry about thriving. Great, but underwater all the time, knocked on your back foot, feeling defeated by Tuesday, giving up nights and weekends, losing sleep, declining health. It's not worth it. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's, that's kind of my point. Like we accept a lot of this as well. That's, that's just security. Yep. Going to lose another weekend. No, stop, stop. If we keep accepting it, it'll keep happening. So I'm working on better ways. How do, how do we take small incremental steps, hold those gains and get better? We do that. We get a better tomorrow. You know, I, I, I love that, right? I mean, I, I think I, I've talked to some of our consultants uh, that, that are also responding to, to issues, you know, globally, uh, you know, with, with all of the, the increased levels of hacking that are going on this year. And yeah, I mean, people are working 90, 100 hour weeks. I, I, I mean, I feel for, for them, uh, but we, you know, we, we can't, that's not something that's sustainable, right? And, and in a way, I feel like we're, we're enabling that uh, by, by not, you know, communicating and saying, you know, we, we need help. So, uh, so I mean, I, I think the, 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 the framework for, for getting a seat at the table and, and being prepared to, uh, to, to, to make a difference, um, getting space for yourself. I mean, oh my gosh, Michael, I mean, this is, this is the dream, right? This is where everybody needs to go. And, um, for you, for those of you out there, uh, uh, can you tell people how to, how to get in touch with you to, 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 to get your, your, your input? securitycatalyst.com probably easiest way to find me. And, um, I, and I, I've got a pledge, you know, I, I've been looking at ways to run my business better in this last year. And I've, I've liked this concept of 99% free, 1% paid ultra premium. Mm. So I, I will work with less people. They're really cool engagements. Uh, I work with people that are energizing and, and, and great to be around and bring out the best of me. But, uh, just recently I got back to writing on a regular basis. I'll get back to the other things I used to do, but um, this is the goal. And, and if, if I can mention it, I run office hours every Friday, absolutely free, no, right expectation, right no expectations, no charge. It's been a great group of people, great conversations, and it's a way to figure out you're not alone. It's, it's the, it's kind of like cheers, but earlier, you know, so you don't get the booze quite yet. Um, but, but we get together. And so it's, yeah, th- this is where we need to go. I'm, I'm figuring out my role in our industry and, um, we're going to, we're going to make some changes. We need them. Dude, so uh, definitely, definitely hit up uh, uh, Michael on on, uh, on Fridays for office hours. Uh, if you can't pronounce his last name, just call him Santa. 
Uh, he, he looks nothing like Santa, but uh, you know, uh, he, he, he doesn't seem to mind. Um, thank you so much, Michael, for, for joining us. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll be back in a, in a, in a few months uh, with, with more episodes of the WellAware Security Show. So thank you guys. Thank you, Michael, for, for, for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you.